0: Holy Spirit is working this morning. Amen. Uh before I uh, forget Children's Church. You guys are dismissed. Uh feel free to go and and enjoy our Children's Church ministry. We're going to be coming out of Joshua twenty-four primarily today. Um we're still on the posture of discipleship uh, theme that we've been covering for some time, which has been covering different aspects as the Lord leads me. And as you guys are getting to uh, Joshua 24, uh, please join me in a brief word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we again thank you for uh, the way you have manifested your presence here today, Lord, as you have even from the anointed selection of the worship songs and, 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 and the prayers and word of exhortation and, and thank you for that wonderful word of knowledge and uh, concerning the healing needs uh, of the ear of, of a particular member of our body and, and it ended up being two members of our body that, uh, uh, that, that, that that word really spoke to and I just trust you and thank you for the healing that has taken place even now in Jesus name. Uh, father God I thank you for the also that word that uh, my darling wife Christy shared father that was from your heart from your lips through her and that really ministered to us today Lord so so we just thank you for for really showing up and and manifesting yourself and and uh, for 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 blessing your people and we just ask your continued blessing as we get into your word in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So uh, we're going to do this again. Today's message, uh, under the theme of posture of discipleship, is fully commit to serving God. Fully commit to serving God. Our theme scriptures, Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24 Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous or wicked or hurtful way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That should be our prayer every day. And also with that is Joshua. Oh, what am I talking about? Second Chronicles <laughs> seven <laughs> verses uh, uh, 12 through 14. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon in the night and said to him, I've heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people. If, say if, my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. There are four things he is requiring of us. That if we do, he says, then say then, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Praise the Lord. So God makes a he makes a promise to us, his believers, that if we do those things, he will hear and he will heal. And so. Uh, I love the fact that, and am and, and, and encouraged by the fact that it does not require anything of anyone else. That God's people do these things, God will do a mighty and miraculous work in our land. Amen? And so, that brings us to Joshua chapter 24, and we'll start in the first verse. And this sums up a lot of different ways in which God has shown himself strong on Israel's behalf without me having to go from one book to the other, which is why it was chosen. So starting at the first verse, it says that Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Long ago, your fathers lived beyond the Euphrates, the Euphrates River. Terah, the father of Abraham and of Nahor, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and made his offspring many. I gave him Isaac. And to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. And I gave Esau the hill country of Seir to possess. But Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. So, you know, this happened before the time in which they live. So this would be their, he's telling them about their heritage. He's telling them about their predecessors, their, their, their patriarchal, uh, fathers. So he's giving them, he's basically taking time to speak into their heritage. I was with your father Abraham. I don't know if many of you knew this, but Abraham was not a Jew. As a matter of fact, Abraham's father, Terah, They served other gods. They were pagan. They were idol worshipers. So that's his heritage. That was his history. And God called him out of that. And that gives me insight as to why he had to take Abraham out of that environment and when he called him to do the work that God called him to do. He had to separate, sanctify him away from that idolatry. So he speaks to their heritage. And let's move on. I don't want to... uh, but he speaks to their heritage. Let's go on to verse 5. And I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt with what I did in the midst of it, and afterward, I brought you out. So now, he starts talking about their own personal experience. Their own upbringing. You guys were born into slavery in Egypt. And afterwards, I brought you out. I sent Aaron and Moses. Then I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came to the sea. See, the people he's talking to now were children when God brought them out of Egypt, right? I brought you out. Then I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came to the sea. And the Egyptians pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. And when they cried to the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and made the sea come upon them and cover them. And your eyes saw what I did in Egypt. And you lived in the wilderness a long time. So he's covering everything. He's covering heritage. He's covering personal upbringing and experience with them. And let's go on. Uh, Verse 8. Then I brought you to the land of the Amorites, So I guess instead of personal experience, I'll just say upbringing with five through seven. So heritage, their upbringing. And then in verse eight, then I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived on the other side of the Jordan. They fought with you and I gave them into your hand and you took possession of their land and I destroyed them before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and fought against Israel. And he sent and invited Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not listen to Balaam. Indeed, he blessed you. So I delivered you out of his hand. And you went over the Jordan and came to Jericho, and the leaders of Jericho fought against you, and also the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And I gave them into your hand. And I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out before you, the two kings of the Amorites. It was not by your sword or by your bow. They may have had sword and they may have had bow, but it wasn't by their sword or by their bow that they won victory. Victory was won for them by the Lord. I gave you a land in which you had not labored and cities that you had not built. And you dwell in them, you dwell in them even now. You eat the fruit of vineyards and olive orchards that you did not plant. And you talk about the blessing of the Lord. others they are benefiting from others' labors. They're dwelling in a city that they did not build. They are possessing a land that they did not themselves cultivate, right? God gave them the land that they're in. And there is a culture surrounding them of nothing but pagan cultures. Right? So God took them into the pagan cultures, gave them the land, gave them the buildings, gave them the orchards and vineyards because they belong to him. Amen? Amen? And he favors them and it was his will to give it to them. And I want to encourage you also, your circumstances do not limit you. Amen. Uh, whatever's going on in the culture that surrounds us, you know what? That does not limit us or hinder us because the favor of the Lord is on us. Amen. And what God has called us to, we will do. And what God has promised us, we will have. Amen. And what he has enabled us to do, we need to make sure that we are full of faith and willing to walk as he commands, knowing full well that it will work out for our good. But we must be obedient to him. And he lays out all this. He takes, he takes them back to their heritage. How many of you know that our heritage can be an idol? How many of you know our upbringing can be an idol? And how many of you know culture can be an idol? And there's a reason he's laying all these things out. He's laying their heritage before them. He's laying their upbringing before them their personal experience, their lives. He's laying out before them what God has given them in the here and now. And I believe God is speaking and challenging us in all of those areas this morning. He's laying all of that out. And then he hits them with the million dollar verse or verses in these next two. After laying all that out, heritage, your upbringing, from your own personal experience. What God has blessed you with, even in the culture that now surrounds you, though it be not a godly culture, and it surrounds you, look at what God has done. He's taken from that culture and given to you the fruit of others' labors. Amen? And he says, Now, therefore, fear the Lord, See, to me, there's a tie in there. So, right? There's a tie in there. Look at where God's been there for you even before you existed. He was with your forefathers. He was with you in your childhood. He's been with you from your childhood to now in your adulthood. He was with your Forefather Abraham, when he grew up in a godless environment, his father built, sold, and worshiped idols. God pulled him from that. And though you were in slavery for centuries, God delivered you from that. He brought Abraham, um, he brought Moses, and Aaron. And when Pharaoh pursued you, and it was Pharaoh behind you, and the Red Sea before you, he parted the Red Sea, and you went over on dry land, and he destroyed Pharaoh's army in the Red Sea. And after, and you, and you dwelt in the wilderness for a long time, and then when you got into these In this environment with these surrounded by these pagan cultures, look at what God did for you. He's been there for you every step of the way. He has proven that not only has he been there, but he's shown himself to be mightier and more powerful than any foe, than any enemy, than any hindrance that you face. He's, he's mowed everything out of the way and paved your, and made your pathway straight. And so he says, now therefore, fear the Lord. Don't fear what man thinks and what man says. Don't fear the circumstances and the culture that surrounds you. Don't fear the, 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 the pain and shame of your past, of your heritage, of your upbringing. All those things, God will make you more than a conqueror over through Christ Jesus. Don't fear any of those things. Fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Look at what he tells him here. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in, the, and in Egypt. You know, I'm just going to say, beyond the river, and in Egypt, is prior to God's deliverance in their lives, right? Every one of us has a past. I've got a past and there's a lot of ugliness in it. A lot of that ugly was of my own doing. and There's a whole lot of ugly that wasn't on me. the situation I was born into I'm not proud of it and for much of my life it weighed me down I had no freedom from it it was an anchor that weighed on my soul but I can truly stand before you now and testify that he whom the son has set free is free indeed. That what happened to me beyond the river and in Egypt, God has wiped those tears away. He has made all things new. He enabled me and he challenged me and enabled me and encouraged me to forgive my father, my earthly father. He did a major work in me to get me to that point. And then he challenged me to walk in loving obedience to God and forgive my father. And I obeyed God in that. And I was in my mid thirties at the time. And little did I know, it wasn't quite two years after that, my dad unexpectedly passed. Suddenly. It wasn't an, an illness that was long and drawn out. He was gone. But for that final nearly two years of his life, I enjoyed a relationship with him that I never had. Never had before. I overcame resentment and bitterness and just downright hatred of that man who wanted no part of my life when I was growing up. And there were things that we endured. Um, My mom who's a single mom with me and three sisters and uh, there was just a whole lot whole lot there. And I got to a point to where I was like, all right, I made it this far. I don't need him. Forget him. I'm good. But you know what? Looking back over those periods of my life, over that period of my life, when I was wondering and I was mad at God, wondering why God didn't give me a better dad, wondering why God wasn't there for me, God opened my eyes to help me see how he had been fathering me through that entire time. When I needed it, he had one of my uncles just investing his life and, and I learned from that uncle what I needed to learn from that uncle in that season of my life. When I needed it, there was a pastor that invested in my life and I got what I needed from him. And And so, there were different, different men in my life who helped me in the process of becoming a man, helped me learn what God wanted me to learn. It should have been my father, but he wasn't there. He wasn't willing to be there. But God still provided influence. I resisted it sometimes, but he was persistent in it. The two things I struggled with growing up because dad wasn't there was I so badly wanted to wanted to belong and wanted to be accepted. Those were big voids and holes in my heart and I was constantly seeking that. I just wasn't going to the right places to seek it. Right? And, 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 and because of that, I made choices and I... Um, uh suffer consequences as a result of those choices and and hurt other people as a result of those choices and so I brought all of that pain all that angst all of that shame into my relationship with the Lord and struggled with it and God lovingly and patiently he dealt with me where I was all those er- all those areas of my life all those issues of my life that 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 went beyond the river that were in Egypt God ministered and healed me of all that as I began to walk with him and it wasn't easy but thank God almighty that I am free indeed amen so he tells him to put away at some point I had to put that away And the only way I could put that away was to do it God's way. I couldn't put the past, the hurtful, painful past with my dad away without obeying God in love and obedience and directing love and and forgiveness towards my dad. my mom was in an abusive relationship. She and and her children, we all were being abused by a stepfather. And right about that time uh, between my second and third grade year, she she, um, sent us to be with her mother. In my house, there was mama and her mama was big mama. So, mama sent me and my sisters to live with Big Mama. And for the longest time, I had real issues with my mom over that because I felt like she chose the abusive partner over us. She lived in one town, we lived in another neighboring town so we weren't far about 30 minutes away and there was love there Uh, we struggled financially in a lot of ways but there was love there and uh, my and big mama was a strong woman of God although we we did make some choice words come out of her mouth from time to time and she did make me break the tree off the break the switch off the tree so she could get a hold of me quite a few times. I think we're different time y'all different times. And so but I dealt with that and and everything that followed that when I, I played three sports growing up and every time there was the the parent you know appreciation there were parents supposed to be up in the stands and and there was an empty seat up there for me you know and while i know it was my mother's heart to be there and she wished that she could you know the same was not true of, of, of my dad because he lived in the same town but but those are you know god helped me uh he gave me perspective and helped me, lead me, lovingly lead me to a point of forgiving my mom and really seeing the heart behind it, what she did. It was a big sacrifice for her because her primary concern was getting her kids to safety. Uh, she didn't feel like that was a, that, that was uh, something she could get herself out of personally. It was a choice she made. She had to deal with that, but she put us where she knew we would be cared for and we would be safe. I just couldn't see that as a kid. And, and God helped me come to that point. But all of those things, all of those things were deep-seated issues that um, were weights that were holding me down. Um, there was stuff beyond the river in the Egypt of my life and God helped me overcome those things in his wonderful deliverance of me and so he tells them put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord you know at some point we're going to have to put away the things that happened to us at some point we're going to have to put away the guilt, the shame, the pain, and we're going to have to some, at some point put away the shameful things that we've done and give them to the Lord. Amen? Holding on to them when God would have us be free from them kind of effectively to me kind of makes them an idol in that point. Sometimes those things, we may not look at it that way, but sometimes we worship the stuff that happened to us. I'm going I'm to move on. And he says, and serve the Lord, and he says, and if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. It's like, look, look, don't have one foot on one side, one on the other. If choosing to serve the lord isn't something that's appealing to you right now well you make a choice make a choice be definite make a choice who will you serve whether the god your father served in the region beyond the river are you going to serve your past your history your heritage are you going to serve that put it away so but you got to make a choice whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so he calls them to a definite decision, a definite choice. Are you going to serve what happened to you in the past? Are you going to serve the God of your culture? Or are you going to serve the Lord? Then the people answered, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, and who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went, and among all the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore we also were served the Lord, for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, I tell you what boy Joshua did not mess around he said no you're not able to serve the Lord for he is a holy God he's a jealous God he will not forgive your transgressions or your sins if you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good (laughs) <laughs> now, that's not the kind of preaching you want to do after you, you know, right before you um, take up the offering. <laughs> you know, that kind of preaching might uh, make some people get up and leave, but, but, but that kind of preaching is necessary. He basically says, God is a jealous God. There, this, there's no pity padding around this. There's no playing with this. You've got to make a choice. Whatever your choice is, you've got to be all in on it. God will not be mocked. God will not be your side chick. I bet y'all didn't think y'all hear that from the pulpit, did you? No, but God will not share you. We've got to be fully committed to him. To serving him, to walking with him, to obeying him. Are you hearing me? I've already skipped a couple of passages I was going to share. Uh, I tell you what, I'm going to ask you guys to go to Numbers chapter 24 before I continue. Numbers 24. Now, just to give you a little bit of background, uh, this whole saga, if you ever want to go back and read it, uh, you'll need to read chapters 21 through 24. Uh, God has enabled the children of Israel to totally defeat Sihon and Og. And when he defeated Og, then you have King Balak who was just freaked out. He saw how numerous the children of Israel were. And he sent word to Balaam requesting that Balaam curse the children of Israel so that he would be able to defeat them because he knew whoever Balaam cursed was cursed and whoever he blessed was blessed. Problem was God, you know, Balaam went to God and asked God what he should do and God was like, no, you shall not curse them. (laughs) They are blessed. You will bless them. So, and he told the king when he sent his emissaries to him, he's like, Well, whatever God tells me, I'm going to (laughs) say. You know? And the the king was persistent and he says, I'm telling you, I cannot do what you ask me to do because I can only say what God tells me to say. And God has declared those people blessed. I cannot curse them. All right? So they do this song and dance. Balak asked Balaam three different times to uh, join him in doing a sacrifice <laughs> and he wants Balaam to curse his enemies after each sacrifice and each time Balaam blesses Israel and here is the final time chapter 24 verse 1 when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel he did not go as at other times to look for omens but set his face toward the wilderness and Balaam lifted up his eyes and saw Israel camping tribe by tribe and the spirit of God came upon him and he took up his discourse and said the oracle of Balaam the son of Beor the oracle of the man whose eyes is whose eye is opened the oracle of him who hears the words of God who sees the vision of the almighty falling down with his eyes uncovered how lovely are your tents O Jacob Your encampments, O Israel, like palm groves that stretch afar, like gardens beside a river, like aloes that the Lord has planted, like cedar trees beside the waters. Water shall flow from his buckets, and his seed shall be in many waters. His king shall be higher than Agag, and his kingdom shall be exalted. God brings him out of Egypt and is for him like the horns of the wild ox. He shall eat up the nations, his adversaries, and shall break their bones in pieces and pierce them through with his arrows. He crouched. He, did, he lay down like a lion and like a lioness. Who aroused him? Blessed are those who bless you, and cursed are those who curse you. Um, that was supposed to be, if Balak requested that he curse them. It didn't sound like a curse, right? <laughs> And as a result, Balak's anger was kindled against Balaam, and he struck his hands together. And Balak said to Balaam, Look, I called you to curse my enemies. And behold, you have blessed them these three times. Therefore, now flee to your own place. I said, I will certainly honor you. <laughs> Listen to this. But the Lord has held you back from honor. Stop it. Come on. i said i would honor you but the lord has held you back from honor and balaam said to balak did i not tell your messengers whom you sent to me if balak should give me his house full of silver and gold i would not be able to go beyond the word of the lord to do either good or bad of my own will we're talking about the posture of discipleship right and here's a man of god He's saying, look, I cannot add to or take away from what God has said. Right? And you can offer me silver and gold, a house full of it. I would not be able to go beyond the word of the Lord. I told you this from the beginning, but you insisted on bringing me here anyway. Right? (laughs) All right? And so I I committed from the very beginning that I'm going to say what God tells me to say. And God has told me to bless your enemy. That that may cost me my head. That may cost me my life. But regardless, I'm going to do what God has called me to do. Amen? And all would that be our mindset today. Amen? You know, that is the posture and essence of discipleship. And so he said, I told you this, your people from the very beginning. They brought word back to you and you still brought me here and now behold, I'm going to my people. Come, I will let you know what this people would do to your people in the latter days. I'm not going to read on. Y'all can read on after that. But uh, but he just spoke what God told him to do, and, and this is part of their history of God being there for him. I wanted to say that earlier, and I'm sorry for circling back like this, but I felt it important that this be addressed that God not only was with them when they defeated Sihon and Og, but when Balak sought to seek Balaam to curse them so he could defeat them, God spoke to Balaam and said, nuh-uh. I'm doing something in these people. My purpose and my plan is with these people. And he may want you to curse them, but I'm speaking to you now and I'm going to tell you to bless them. And I know sometimes we feel like the temptation there would be to compromise. And I I would just challenge you wholeheartedly, guys, don't don't fall for the temptation of compromise in your relationship, in your stand for God. This man could have made a deal with the king to please the heart of the king but he couldn't do it without dishonoring and disobeying his God right and so at some point we're going to have to we're going to have to be pure in our walk with the Lord the where we're going to be real with ourselves and say okay this is what God says I can choose over here but it doesn't matter how I try to fix it how much lipstick I try to put on that pig is still a pig if I choose to go the other way. Right? And so, we're going to have to choose to walk with God and not compromise. We learned that about the three Hebrew boys. We learned that about Daniel. We learned that about Joseph. We learned it about, we're learning about Balaam, you know, what he did. That it was not easy for him to make the choice that he made because there were potential consequences there and yet he made the choice to go with God and and it just grieves my heart whenever I hear people express a mindset where you feel like you can you know you make a compromise you don't realize you're making a deal with the devil and there is false benefits That present themselves. Those benefits are a lie. What the the, the, the compromise that you have to make is too costly for those perverse earthly benefits. But I want to encourage you, even if the enemy wants you cursed, if God calls you blessed, you're blessed. Even if the enemy has your defeat in mind, you're victorious in Christ. Are y'all receiving that? Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Do you believe that? You are more than a conqueror through him, through Christ Jesus, who strengthens you. Do you believe that? Or, or, or do you have a d- defeated mindset? There's no condemnation. If you do, okay, then we're gonna, you're going to need your mind renewed okay you're going to have to let the truth okay become your reality and not the deception that is in our minds all right the lie of the devil you ain't got to say amen it's still true and so be ye not deceived the devil would have you believe a lie and he's been doing that ever since the garden of Eden. He slinks into our lives. He sows doubt in our minds concerning what God has said. He props up a deception. You know, it's, it's got a hint of truth that seems in there. Just enough to kind of throw us off and, and it, just enough sugar enough sugar in the poop to make it <clears throat> and are we going to take it or not As so he's been doing that from the very beginning and that's why we've got to know the truth it'll set us free but we've got to know the truth amen amen That's why we've got to study to show ourselves approved unto God. A workman that needed not be ashamed, but rightfully dividing the word of truth. Okay? That's why it's important for us to be diligent in the study of God's word. It's why it's important for us to spend daily time with God so we can know the voice of our shepherd. So the Holy Spirit can lead us through the landmines that the enemy would put in our path. Amen? He can make our path straight because if we don't do those things then we're vulnerable to the deceptions of the enemy right and we'll believe lies and think that they're truth but God's word says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made God's word tells you that you're loved you are beloved you are the beloved amen God's word says you are sons and daughters of the most high God that you're in this world but not of it that you are kings and priests. Amen? And then we've got to, we've got to embrace that and believe that of ourselves in the Lord. Because if we don't believe that, then how can we walk in it? All right? All right. Uh, But they said that they will serve the Lord and he said, let's go back to Joshua 24 and we'll, we'll finish, we'll begin to wind it down. but he bottom lines it for them. You're not able to serve the Lord for he's a holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. And the people said to Joshua, no, but we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said to the people, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. And here's what he says. Then put away the foreign gods that are among you and incline your heart to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord, our God, we will serve and his voice we will obey. But he tells them, okay, you're gonna, you're choosing God. Okay, let's talk about the cost of that. Let's talk about what's required of you. This isn't just a decision you get to make and sit in the pews. All right. There is a commitment, a sincere, serious commitment here. You're gonna have to do away with some stuff. You're gonna have to lay some stuff down. Some things are gonna have to die to you. Are you hearing me? This is the cost of discipleship. All right? You're going to have to close the door okay? On some of those things in your life that you've been doing up to now and you're going to have to turn to doing things God's way. That's why he said in the previous verses, oh no, no, you're not able to serve the Lord. He knew that there was idol worship in there. He knew that there was stuff in there that God would not accept. And so so he said that to them and they said, oh, no, 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 we will serve. Okay, then, then here's what you're going to have to do. Put away the foreign gods that are among you. Have the courage and humility to allow God to deal with your heart concerning the issues of your past, the issues of your heart the sin issues and sin struggles, okay? Let the sin struggle cease to be struggle. Let's let's make the cold hard decision that, 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 that that is done. I'm choosing now to walk in holiness before my God. I'm going to serve him and walk with him in righteousness. Now, salvation is not of works lest any man should boast. It's by grace through faith that we've been saved but walking in that righteousness and holiness alright, that, that, that is an evidence of the work of God that is gone in our hearts. Right? He's enabled us to walk holy as he is holy and he expects us to. And he's commanded and called us to do it. So at some point, we've got to stop accepting the struggle all right and start declaring and embracing the victory that we have in jesus and make the decision i'm no longer playing with this over here i have moved over to the other team i'm on god's team and i will conduct myself accordingly and where there might be struggle and so forth you say okay god I've committed, I've determined that I'm going to walk before you holy and righteous. Lord, grant me the grace to do so, but I'm committing to doing it. Are you hearing that? And that's what's required of us. We have to be fully committed to serving and walking with him. And so they said, we will, we will serve the Lord and we will obey his voice. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and put in place statutes and rules for them at Shechem. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God. And he took a large stone and set it up there under the terebinth that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to all the people, behold, this stone shall be a witness against us, for it has heard all the words of the Lord that he spoke to us. Therefore, it shall be a witness against you lest you deal falsely with your God. So Joshua sent the people away, every man, to his inheritance. You know, there, there are those that might call being held to these kinds of standards, religion. They want to try and break away from religion, but no, that's not <laughs> uh, Did not Jesus say, if you love me, keep my commandments? If you love me, you'll do what I say. You'll do what I commanded you. So, this is a relationship issue here. This is not just following rules. All right? And so, our motivation is to walk with God. Our motivation is to love God. And we're going to love, show our love for God through obedience to him. Amen? Amen? And you know, sometimes a message like that is hard. Calling people to account and saying if you're going to be with God, you're going to be a disciple of his. You're either a disciple or you're not. And if you're a disciple, you're going to take up your cross and you're going to follow him. Amen? You're going to make the hard choice that I'm no longer going to hold on to some of the things, no matter how pleasant, no matter how pleasurable they are, I'm not holding on to the things that were part of my life when I was in the world. Those things that may have been important to me, they're done now because now I'm embracing the greater thing. I'm embracing eternity. I'm embracing everlasting life through relationship with my God. Amen? And so, that is mu- that is a much greater treasure. That is a treasure where thieves cannot break through and steal and moths cannot corrupt. And I'm thinking eternity. I'm not thinking fleshly, temporal things. Are you hearing me? so I'm forsaking those things and embracing eternity with God and so he's calling us to that and you know like I said that and I'll finish with this he said some hard things to them and he got a definite commitment from them We're doing away with the idols. We're doing away with the old things and we're committing to follow God. We will do what he says. And he made a covenant indicating that. Verse 31 is where I would like to end this morning. And I'm going to say because he said the hard thing, because he, he made them make a decision, a full fully aware, fully committed decision for the Lord. It says here, Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua. And all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua and had known all the work that the Lord did for Israel. You see the lasting benefit of telling it like it is and calling people to account for that and calling people to commit wholeheartedly to god there is a lasting walk with the lord amen these people did not play with god they served him they served god all the days of joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived joshua and had known all the work that the lord did for israel And I tell you that if we would allow this word to really take root in our hearts and we would make the hard choice, okay? We're not going to try and have the best of both worlds. We're not going to try and and serve God a la carte. You know, serve him in these areas, but these other areas I'm going to keep for myself. You cannot do that. I tried to do that with relationships when I gave my life to the Lord and I thought, you know what? I'll give God everything, but as far as pursuing a significant other, I got this, God. I don't need that. I don't need God to tell me how to do that. And every time, crashed and burned. Crashed and burned. Pain. Pain caused. Pain experienced. And finally, I got to the point where I said, God, I am done. This is broken. I'm tired of feeling like this. I'm tired of this. And I just said, Lord, uh, I, I see, uh, I've heard it said that You have that one out there for me. And I said, I I finally humbled myself and gave up and said, Lord, all right, I'm going to do it your way. All I ask is for you to make clear who she is and I will pursue her. And God was faithful. And he made clear that my darling wife, Christy, was the one. And I pursued her. And we got married. And we've been blessed in holy matrimony ever since. The one time I gave it to God is the only, only, only even good relationship I've ever had. But I I, I gave it to God one time and he blessed me with the love of my life. And so, doing things God's way is the only way. Okay? You can try and hold on to some things. Because it's the way your family always did them. But you're not going to get God's favor and God's blessings that way. At some point, you're going to have to make the choice that I'm going to go God's way. Praise God if you're in a family that's already doing that and you're continuing that legacy. Praise the Lord. But if that's not the case. you're going to have to renounce the God of your heritage and embrace the truth of God almighty. Amen? You're going to have to renounce the God of this is how I've always done it. This is what I'm comfortable with and embrace the way of the Lord our God. He's faithful. If you will do that, he is faithful to do what he has promised. He's a way maker. (laughs) He's a promise keeper. But he's not going to bless our mess. He will bless us as we commit to walking in obedience to him. Amen? I'm going to ask you to stand. Hallelujah. And I just want to take a moment. I don't know. I know we have to uh, have to be careful. So I can't just do mass altar calls and so forth. So I'm just going to ask you to stand where you're at. And I'm going to challenge you to reflect in this time between you and God. You know your history, you know what you've been through. You know your familial heritage. Maybe God spoke to you concerning that. You know your upbringing, your own personal experience. And maybe something related to that has become one of those weights and sins that have been besetting you in your walk with the lord maybe god spoke to you concerning that and thirdly this culture in which we live many of us are christians we're disciples of the lord jesus christ But there are millions of us. There's many of our citizens here in this country that don't. And there are uh, many different nationalities that are present that, that have different cultures and different backgrounds and different heritages. So, there's a lot of influences in this country that we live in that don't glorify and exalt the Lord. A lot of those and there are those cultural influences they draw on us they pull on us they affect us and little by little by little you know that can kind of eat away and, and draw our soul or eat away at our commitment to the lord and draw our souls away from that, that definite full commitment to walking in the things of god and so maybe god spoke to you concerning that in whatever way God has spoken to you this morning, all right, I would encourage you to be definite with God this morning. I would challenge you as Joshua challenged the people of God. Do away with those idols. Do away with those things and serve the Lord. There is now no condemnation. There's not, this is not a condemnation moment. My, I pray that this is a conviction moment. Where God will deal with our hearts in a way that will lead us to humility and repentance. And so I'm going to give you that time and we're just going to silently just um uh, humble ourselves before the Lord in this moment. I would ask you to go ahead and do so now.
1: Hallelujah. 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 Father, we
0: we surrender to you in this moment. We thank you for challenging us afresh, convicting our hearts, giving us an opportunity to make things right before you and with you. Father, we repent and we surrender
1: to you. All to Jesus, I surrender all. presence day We surrender
0: all to you and we just thank you for for convicting us and ministering to us Lord and, and we know as we put our faith and our trust in you we will never be confounded we will never be disappointed father God you will keep your faithful promise to us we can be sure of that and we may you always be exalted in our hearts And may you always be glorified in us and through us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.